BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 152nd episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Summons and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr., my man. How are you doing? Dude. I mean... I'm going to kind of spoil the show because we just found out like 45 seconds ago. Anarchy in the arena. Nah, yes. Nah, it's like, like literally. So we're, we're talking and we're talking about how there hasn't been a lot for WW, uh, Double or Nothing announced. And I literally refresh and it says 19 seconds ago for AEW Anarchy in Arena is official. We'll talk more about that later and what that entails like, from what we know. But it's still kind of crazy that we were talking about there being nothing, and then we got something else. But it's like they're reading our minds. They are in here. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure TK is a listener of All Things Elite every week. I'd hope yeah, so. You know, you know, I'm pretty sure he is our number one fan. You know, he had one of his uh, burner accounts follows our Twitter. It's cool. Hey, TK. He had to make sure we weren't a bot. TK, recording. It's recording and verified. You can steal literally any of my ideas you want. Just, you know, when, you know, ticket time comes out, you know, just 
You know, I'll pay for them. Just give me the good seats. You know what I mean? So as will I. You see me sitting front row center on the camera side. Just know, basically the same place where green shirt guy sits. Yes, you just know that means TK has stolen one of my ideas and he's trying to give me props. But that's all I want. I only want tickets. I don't. I don't want to get paid. You don't have to pay me on payroll. I mean, me and Austin both have pretty decent jobs, so we don't need that. But you know what can help us? Not having to wait in Ticketmaster and access his line. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's all I don't want to do. That's it. It has nothing to do with how much the tickets cost. It has nothing. It's the waiting in the line and access. It's to be in Ticketmaster, like, oh, clicking. Oh, these tickets are gone. These tickets are gone. These tickets are gone. You can just end my suffering. I just you know, hooking your bro, hooking your boy up with some tickets. You know, it's cool. Yeah, and, that, yeah. that's all we need. But hey, third he, row, third row, great. I don't need first row. I'm not greedy. I'm not greedy, <laughs> third. I'll take third. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I, I'm. If you can tell, I'm in a pretty, uh, pretty spectacular mood. We are less than a week away to we are in Las Vegas for Double or Nothing weekend. Uh, I am excited. You know, I always say that. I'm like. AEW pay-per-views are home for me. It's like where I'm just my most comfortable and excited and just happy. That's where I'm just happy. It's just like uh, I know I know my boys in the other place, but it's like AEW's still home, man. Like, like last night, that two hours of wrestling. I almost can say that they try to put too much in two hours. I, I've said that before on other shows, but good Lord, it's so much packed into a show. You can't really look away. You can't really go to the bathroom because something <laughs> else is going to happen. So, yeah, I look forward to Wednesdays ever in my life that I thought that the day I would look forward to most in the week is hump day. Yeah. So we got, of course, like you said, like so much was packed into this week's Dynamite. We got to talk about that and, of course, preview what we have coming up as we get closer and closer to Double or Nothing in Las Vegas on May 29th, live on pay-per-view. But before we get into everything, we want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave a rating and a review, and if you're so inclined, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider red circle we would be forever in your good graces if you would do that but the easiest way for you to support us is by following us on social media we are at at elite pod on twitter at social suplex are the guys that make this show possible check out their many many other shows they have on their network you will not be disappointed i am at austin sumowitz s-z-u-m-o-w-i-c-z and floyd is at floyd johnson jr on twitter and of course like we mentioned at the top of the show the big news is that we got the immediate announcement like this is breaking to us when we're recording this by the time that this podcast comes out it'll have been a few hours you guys all know about this already but Anarchy in the Arena has officially been announced. They teased a lot on Dynamite, which we'll get into the segment itself. But we have the match announced as it is. John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Santana and Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston facing off against the Jericho Appreciation Society. Five on five, Anarchy in the Arena, not Stadium Stampede. Anarchy in the arena. I know myself and probably a lot of other people were hoping because William Regal was involved, we'd get blood and guts, aka war games. Not the case. Uh, I know that's on that's on me for building that up in my head. I swore, I swore we were gonna get war games, and I was gonna shit myself. And honestly, 
I was like, just like, man, if I could just be live for a while, that would be nuts. Um, but you know what? This is going to be wild in itself. We don't have to worry about it being on a TV screen the whole time. A lot of action will be happening in the arena, so we'll actually be able to see it live, which is good. As somebody who went to a Monday Night Raw where we had to see uh, the Wyatt Compound mound, the Wyatt Compound match between the New Day, we watched that all on TV. It was lame. Uh, I wanted to see them in person. Uh, it wasn't the case, but I'm glad that we're most likely going to be able to see this stuff happen in the arena, in the T-Mobile arena for double or nothing um so this is huge honestly this match is like gonna have so much shit going on like there's gonna be crazy amounts of violence no anything goes in this match um and yeah this is gonna be a wild wild situation and yeah i'm just hyped dude like we said we were hoping for more announcements for double or nothing matches we only had about like four like confirmed up until this point so having this at least officially announced is a very welcome thing um, but yeah, Floyd, go ahead. Your, your full thoughts on anarchy in the arena. Oh my God. I am so excited. This is my most anticipated match of the show. Um, I, I was one of those people. I was really sick of Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston getting beat up every week and fireballs thrown in their eyes. And I was just like, come on, this gotta be leading somewhere. And, oh, my God, I was thinking, okay, they're going to bring in Homicide Hernandez. I was like, well, he used to work with these people. I was just coming up with all these, like, people outside of AEW. And the answer was right there. Moxley and Danielson didn't have anything planned for uh, anything planned for Double or Nothing. The answer was right in front of us. And it's a better answer than any other answer out there. It's just like, I mean, it's like, oh, why go looking somewhere when you got the perfect answer right there? You have the most violent man in professional wrestling, John Moxley, and you have the best all, one of the best all around professional wrestlers in uh, pro wrestling, Mr. Brian Danielson. Willie Uta is over there, which I'll have that report later, is over there in the A, uh, over there in Japan in the uh, new, uh, in the, Best of the Super Juniors. I knew I knew the words. I just wasn't finding them. Best of the Super Juniors. And he's over there having a good time. And it's just like, oh, there you go. One's gone. There's five. There's five. Fight. And Stadium Stampede was my original thought. I'm like, Allegiant Stadium's right there. It's an NFL stadium. You know, TK and Shy call, call Mark Davis and like, okay, I know you haven't wrestling there in July. Let's do Stadium Stampede. they like, no. No, we're not, as as uh, John Moxley say, I ain't doing that sports entertainment bullshit. Oh, my God, that was such a good line. So that was great. Like, I ain't doing that shit. shit. I ain't doing that shit. And, yes, so we get anarchy in the arena. In the arena, we're all, all going to be in the crowd. They're going to probably be fighting in the crowd. They might get on top of us. We might get a little blood, sweat, and tears on us. Let's. You get, you got to say the battle cry. What's the battle cry? AEW. Let's fucking go. Yeah. So massive announcement for Double or Nothing. Um, I'm geeking for this match. It's gonna be incredible. Um, I'm I'm pumped, dude. Like I love the fact that um, we're gonna get this type of insane match at the show. It's gonna be wild. But we got a lot more to talk about, of course, with AEW Dynamite taking place this week. 
So we'll get right ahead into Wild Card Wednesday taking place in Houston, Texas. Opening things off, we had an Owen Hart Foundation quarterfinal matchup in the men's tournament with the Ring of Honor World TV champion Samoa Joe facing off against whoever was the Joker for the men's championship. And Floyd, you got his first name right. You didn't get the last name right. The Joker facing off against Samoa Joe is Johnny Elite, John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Impact, whatever you fancy. Yes. Um, okay. Was it the name any of us wanted? No. But it was <laughs> a surprise. Uh, no. Uh, I know. I, I mean, you get serious. I have no problem with Johnny Mundo, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Johnny everything. I'm glad he's Johnny Elite for tonight. And it was a nice surprise. You know, uh, there was a lot of ways you could have went. I even did. I was like, I really, like I said, I've been trying to do more Twitter engagement. So I put all our guesses out there. And yeah, I was wrong on both. Uh, someone was right on one. We'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, uh, Johnny Elite. I got the right name. But uh, so my other guest was Athena in Ember Moon, and she went out of her way to destroy that by uh, literally twitching live from her house 15 <laughs> minutes before Dynamite. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I don't, I, for some reason, I don't think it's going to be her. My guess and... for the men's, my guess for the men's was Juice Robinson because I thought, hey, you know what? If they wanted somebody to promote New Japan to build up for Forbidden Door, Juice is a guy that everyone hasn't seen on AEW yet, and I'd be down to see Juice honestly. And also, I knew it couldn't be Johnny Gargano because whenever if he was to show up, he wouldn't be losing in a quarterfinal match for a tournament. That wouldn't I, be the first thing I, that he I, did. I, I gotta tell you, I prefer Juice Robinson. I I mean, I would have preferred Juice Robinson. Sure. It's just like, I just, because I feel like he's been really good since he joined the Bullet Club. That swerve, so it would have been like to come in. But yeah, you think about free agents that aren't signed with anyone. You know, you it, it does narrow it down a lot more. Uh, Johnny Elite hadn't returned to Impact, so that probably should have been the big you know, like red flag that, you know, he might be coming to AEW. Plus, it's just cool for the fact that John Morrison or Johnny Elite, Johnny Mundo has been in probably every single American promotion to except date AEW. except Ring of Honor and AEW. He hasn't been Don he hasn't been Johnny Honor yet. Oh uh, yeah. I don't believe he has. No. Oh so God. I mean like So now that'd be so awesome that if when he comp competes in AEW he's Johnny Elite and when he competes in Ring of Honor he's Johnny of Honor. <laughs> yeah that's what i figured yeah so i mean again it's just cool considering how much this dude's been around and how he's been incredible wherever he goes so and again of course i said like we we were all going into this knowing that samoa joe was most likely going to be moving on to the next round and the match was great honestly johnny elite did a great job in this match samoa joe did great as well um there was a couple spots like he went for a 450 splash and joe was pretty far out there so he hadn't he kind of had to go on the knees and then splash. So it wasn't like anything like awful or anything like that. But match was solid. Joe got the win with the muscle buster and goes on to the semifinals of the men's tournament for Owen Hart Foundation. Um, and yeah, like it was just a genuinely cool thing. And as far as we've been told, this seems like it's going to be a one-off. Like Johnny Elite has not signed with AEW. This looks like it'll just be a one-time moment. He can say he was in AEW. He faced off against Samoa Joe. And then, yeah, maybe he goes to Ring of Honor like he hasn't done. Or maybe he goes somewhere else 
Um, to me, like John Morrison seems like the guy that he would either open up a wrestling school or a parkour score school. Like this dude could literally te- like the shit that he does, like a parkour school ran by Johnny Mor- John Morrison, Johnny Elite, Johnny Mundo. That'd be fucking sick. Like, cause then, like, if he, even if he wants to get away from pro wrestling, he could teach. Like, I could imagine he could teach uh, parkour, cause that 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 would be crazy. I think. But it was really cool to see him. I know a lot of people were thinking other people, but again, I had I didn't have my hopes crazy high for who the Joker would be, cause again, like I said, it had to be somebody that was gonna most likely lose in the quarterfinals, and it wouldn't really suffer for it. So that's why I didn't think John. John Johnny Gargano though like who knows maybe he'll show up some other time but like at this point like who knows but like it's just exciting to see the the people that they do decide to put on TV. Yeah, uh, like I said, really good match. Uh, Morrison or uh, well, let me say Elite Johnny Elite is someone is a consistent worker wherever he's it wherever he is he's a draw fans like him. Uh, so I, yeah, you know, I was down with it. There was a nice little pop, pop in Houston for it and that was a good match. Um, yeah. Well, what happened after the match, sir? Uh, moving on after that, we had a backstage interview with the Hardys as Jeff oh, Hardy was preparing. You, did you forget oh. that, uh, you know? Oh yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. That, I, I, I did not necessarily like, it's not that I didn't want to talk about it, but Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh came out and blindsided Joe after the match, continuing that feud. Trent, Rocky Romero and, and Chuck Taylor came down to even the odds. And that was the end of that, uh, yeah, whole thing. So yeah, that might be leading to something somewhere. Maybe because I keep thinking we need a casino battle Royale and there's a lot of people not on the show. So, yeah. You know, so that, that could be happening. It could be. It very much could be. But I, I honestly forgot about Satnam Singh. I, lo- I lo- Listen, Satnam Singh could be great. I just kind of forgot. That's on, that's on me, but I forgot. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. I remi- I, I, you know, I saw that you were skipping. I was like, let's throw that up little piece in there. Let's go. Yeah, let's go to the next segment. Sir. Yes. Then, then we had the backstage interview with the Hardys as Jeff was preparing for his quarterfinal matchup in the Own Heart Men's Tournament, and they got interrupted by the Young Bucks, basically being like, "Jeff, like, we don't. How long can you be doing this at this point? Like, oh, you know what? Take the night off. You know, like, you don't want to go up against Kyle. Like, just let it go." And he's like, "Listen, I got a tournament to win, y'all." And they called them out for being Hardy cosplayers, and Matt Hardy said, "If you guys interfere." Adam Cole won't be the only one getting his ass whipped by the Hardys. So, teasing a possible match between they, the Young Bucks and the Hardy Boys. They basically eh? said, Hardys, you too old. That's what he said to Jeff Hardy. Yeah. He said, you too old. And, you know, let, let's see where it goes from there. Oh, man, I've been calling. It's like they've been painting this picture on BTE uh, that this is where it was going. You know, Hardys, Hardys and... uh. Hardys and Young Bucks at uh, Double or Nothing. I just want to know if it's just going to be the Hardys and Young Bucks. Yes, of course. We'll have to see what comes of that. We then had CM Punk come out, prepare him, preparing to go on to commentary to uh, scout the AEW World Champion Hangman Adam Page going up against Konosuke Takeshita. So, Konosuke Takeshita, sorry about that. 
Um, these two kicked the hell out of each other. Like Takeshita had a really, really great performance, obviously of DDT fame, and these guys were doing move after move and just completely knocking each other all over the place. Um, to call it like this was this was the most moved filled match I feel like on the entire show. And there were multiple times where Hangman is staring off and look, keeping his eye on CM Punk off to the side. Punk saying, I got him right where I want him with how he's in his head. And, of course, in Punk's match that Hangman was scouting, he proceeded to hit the buckshot or punk shot lariat, as you may. And CM, and in response, Hangman proceeded to hit the GTS after using the buckshot lariat. He uses the GTS to pin Takeshita and win the match. The GTS I've ever seen in my life. It was terrible. It was awful. It like Garbage, child, terrible. It looked like, like a child I, was I thought it, I thought uh, Kenta's version was crap, but no, no. Hangman has the worst GTS in the history of the business. Absolutely. I will sing it right here, right now. Kenny Omega could have a doll GTS him better than Hangman GTS. That's what I'm saying. All right. Now, let me tell you about this match. So, this is shout out to my girl, Issa. Because honestly, you know, I didn't know who about this guy. I knew he was from DDT. And I knew one person that goes to all the DDT shows. Like, that's there like every week watching all the shows and talks about how beautiful and how great DTT is. My girl, Lisa. So I asked her, educate me, school me. Because I'm not one of those know-it-all typing on the keyboard in their parents' basement wrestling fans. I don't know shit. I'll ask. Let me know. And she educated me. She's like, he's agile. He's strong. He's only like 23 years old. He, he's he been the champion there like three or four times. Uh, he's like like Kenny Omega. He, it was like Kenny Omega and Ibushi had a baby. I mean, she was, I mean, that's what she was doing. She was putting this dude over for me. And I had watched him the first couple weeks. I saw him in this match against Jay Lethal. And I was like, okay. I saw something, but not all the way. And then I saw him on Dark, and I was like, eh, uh, maybe, and, you know, Issa listens to this show every, I was thinking about maybe, maybe Issa was looking through DDT colored glasses. Then last night happened, and I saw everything she told me about. The star <laughs> power, the strikes, the explosiveness, the power, the speed. Oh my God! This is a five-tool wrestler. Like this, there's nothing this man can't do. Like not many cases I say star-making performance. And I'm not saying this because someone said it to me. I literally like tick. Uh, I, I sent this message on all things elite. Like that. That I mean, star-making performance. It was like, oh my God! Like. After this match, this dude can't just go back to, like, the mid-card. You have to be pushing him to something, whether it's a TNT title match or whatever. This dude is amazing, and he has talent, and it was just like, Issa was right. That's all I could think. Issa was right. I, I tweeted it out from my personal account. Issa was right because in uh, 16 minutes, I believe, this match went on, I literally saw everything she told me. And it was like, this is why you ask questions. This is why you ask people that know more than you about certain subjects than you do. She yeah. educated me. I wasn't surprised. 
I was just like, I was like, I was told how good he was, and there he was. Because if you're going to ask anybody about Japanese wrestling, anybody about Japanese wrestling, I only know one person that's like at every show for all the companies, and that's Issa. So you yeah. ask her, and so she knows what the hell she's talking about. Dude, I, I'm a fan. I mean, like, as far as AEW, he's jumped into my top ten, in my personal Floyd top ten. Uh, yeah, he's really, really good at wrestling. Like, and I mean, I, you know, you know, I don't ever want to compliment this man, ever. <laughs> but, good Lord, Hangman gave him a lot. You know, yeah. you're the world champion. You know, if you want to play politics, you don't have to give this man that much. You don't have to make him look that good. And he did. And then, and then, after, if you go to Hangman's, like, personal page, he cuts a promo, like a cell phone promo, just literally putting his over guy, saying he hasn't felt that tired or that beat up since Brian Danielson in the one-hour match. And he said that didn't go nearly an hour. He put that man over. Started making a performance. Man, yeah. 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 Shout out Kanosuke Takeshita. Like, holy shit, man. Like, did you just come out of nowhere? So this dude had an outstanding match. And yeah, I'll say it. Like TNT Championship, like, like I would put him in that title picture because at this point that thing needs a fucking like CPR, like right now. Um so I would put him in that situation. At this point right now, dude, I mean like of course, like there's going to be a needing uh, some other performances. I'd like to see more of him, honestly, because I mean, Takeshita did an outstanding job against Hangman. Hangman gave him a ton, but also just fucking the great work of him using the GTS was outstanding, even though he's a punk bitch. Um, and at this point, man, Hangman is like absolutely sh- like this. This man, punk, got him like just all up in his feelings all up in his feelings so i am i'm still so excited for that main event match i am going to be like out of my seat watching that match it's gonna be exciting um but yeah this was this was probably one of the best matches on this on this dynamite it was so good shout out again kanosuke takeshita great work from him on this show but we then moved on to a tag team match between Limitless Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland facing off against the workhorsemen J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry. Now, of course, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry, very familiar on Dark, um, but this was a pretty quick uh, work by Keith Lee and Swerve. Like, these guys had some outstanding tag team uh, maneuvers. Like, I listen, I will say this first off. When Keith Lee came to AEW, Tag team was not my first thought for Keith Lee. It was genuinely, I was like thinking like, man, get this man at the TNT title like ASAP. But I will say, Keith Lee and Swerve, I dig this pairing. I really dig this pairing. Like Swerve, like really being like the super fast moving, like quick talker. And Keith Lee being like the powerful, but just charismatic, just enigma that he is. The limitless one himself. They did they did great in this really quick match. Uh, that fucking finish where they proceeded to have – they called it the fall from glory where they had Anthony Henry uh, proceed to get up on to, to Keith Lee's uh, like in a powerbomb position. And then Swerve goes up and just stomps him to the ground as he gets spirit bombed. Like what the fuck is that? Like holy cow. 
But moving on to after the match was over, I'll say real quick before I give this to Floyd, Keith Lee talks about how he's like, my state, Texas, got some wonderful news. With this victory, Swerve Strickland and yours truly have now all of a sudden become a top five ranked tag team in AEW. And with that news, they wanted to make uh, make a claim for something, but then they were not interrupted by Team Taz's absolute Ricky Starks, the FTW champion, and powerhouse Hobbs. Ricky Starks was talking about how, like, y'all two thinking you deserve a shot at the AEW Tag Team Championships with me and Hobbs standing right here is insane. And uh, sort of had a great saying, great call, call, call him, calling uh, uh, Ricky Starks a bar soap with a pearl necklace. You're, you're, you're bad for the culture. And I was, like, fucking dead after that. But then, as they were talking to Team Taz, the AEW World Tag Team Champions themselves, Jurassic Express, along with Christian Cage, walk out. And Christian being like, listen, Ricky, Ricky, you need to learn when to shut the hell up. Now, these two are both worthy teams, very worthy teams, but they are not the best. We are the best. And as the best, we are used to being challenged. But we're going to be challenging the both of you in a three-way match for the World Tag Team Championships at Double or Nothing. But moving into next week on Dynamite, he wanted Jungle Boy to get his win back over Ricky Starks, and that's with the man who cost him that match. So what he's saying is he wants Jungle Boy versus Ricky Starks versus Swerve Strickland in a triple threat singles match next week on Dynamite. That's a fucking match and a half. And also, triple threat tag team championship match is amazing, though I will say I know my man Floyd, even though I'm sure he enjoyed seeing Keith Lee and Swerve together, I know he's very upset because if you're talking tag team championship in AEW, I think he's asking very, very seriously, where the fuck is, is his boys FTR? So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk seriously about I'm really excited about the triple threat. You got six very athletic, talented people. Shout out to Keith Lee on. I mean, that dude is putting in the work on getting in shape. You can just see his body changing. He's still a massive human being, but you can tell he's getting just a little less massive. And him and him and uh Swerve Strickland, great, great tag team. I mean, that I mean, especially since, you know, it's kind of crowded at the top. Great idea putting them tag team together. Shout out to Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks, you know. Powerhouse Hobbs, close, close place in my heart. I love, I love him. He's huge, big meaty man, slapping meat. You know that's what I like to see. Him and Keith Lee in the ring. That's what I love. Ricky Starks, just the coolest person ever, the most effortlessly cool human ever. So then going up against the young tag team of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, established tag team from the beginning. This match is going to be amazing. It has a chance to stand a little double or nothing. I am giving them all the credit. The triple threat, uh, triple threat uh, match. I'm looking as soon as I roll in. As soon as I roll into Las Vegas next week, I'm gonna find a way to watch it because I know that match is gonna be great. Dynamite. This will be honestly the first episode of Dynamite I technically miss, and and that's only because I'm gonna be driving to Las Vegas at the time. So. That being said, all well and done. Shout out to everybody. You deserve your spot at Double or Nothing. Great. He's like, we are the best, and we're throwing out challenges. So I'm looking at the top five power rankings of AEW. See five, Keith Lee and Swerve, especially after their match. They're on the rise. Great. Undefeated, great team, whatever. Four, John Silver, Alex Reynolds. Great team, Beaver Boys. Great team, great team, great team. 
Gun Club, I think they've only lost once at three. Love Austin. Love Colton. Bang, bang. Love him. Pew, pew. Fin- uh, you know, scissor. You know, all that. Then I see two powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. And I was like, huh, that's good. Huh. So you say you're the best. And you want to challenge people to prove you're the best. Using that logic. I'm just using logic. I know wrestling doesn't like to use logic. Wouldn't you generally tag challenge the number one contenders, Austin? Like that is something that you, you would normally do. If you're saying you kind of want to prove that you're the best. Well, at number one, I see uh, dual tag team title holders. I see undefeated this year. I see the two best tag matches in wrestling this year. Uh, they were participants in it. I see FTR right there. And it's like, hoo-doo-hoo. Where? And, and, and then and, and Jungle Boy must have got up on Luchas, Luchasaurus's neck. You know, they like to do that, get on each other's neck. Because he just looked right over FTR, right? I mean, they're not yeah. super tall, so I guess it's not hard to do. But just looked right over my boys, right? It just, yeah. oh, yeah. So, huh, it seems like someone's what? What? There's this word for it in, that's used in sports. They're dodging my boys. They're, They're dodging ducking them. They're, They're ducking, ducking them. They're ducking them. This is, is this Rocky Three? I feel like FTR's uh, Club of Lang right here. Yeah. And, you know, Tony Khan's lining up these other tag teams. He's like, okay, you can take on this tag team. They already hate each other, so they might take each other. This out. guy is a wrecking machine. <laughs> yes. So yes. So FTR is the wrecking machine. You know what I mean? So they are the machine. They are the automatic win. They are the challengers. Pound for pound, the best tag team in the world. So I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like, oh, uh, oh God, what's that? What's that on Jungle Boy's back? That's a yellow streak. That's what I see. Christian. <laughs> Christian is a genius. Oh, Christian. Oh, my God. He's been doing this forever. He knows those boys from Carolina. Woo. You don't want none of them. You don't want none of them boys from Carolina. You don't want none. So we're going to go to Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. They've been a tag team, but have they been a tag team as long as FTR? Right now. No. No. Keith Lee and Swerve. Individual talents. Keith Lee, former NXT champion. Swerve Strickland, former North American champion. Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland, hold titles all over America, right? But you know what title they have in hell? Tag team titles. Because they're not a tag team. They're kind of a tag team of convenience. I've seen them on the independents. I've seen the tapes. Tag team of convenience. But there is one professional tag team. They're such a tag team that people don't even distinguish them apart. They just say bald in hair. And everybody might take that as an insult. I get it. No, no, no. I am not going to take it as an insult no more. I'm going to bask in it. Because they are such a unit, such a team, that that's the only way you can tell they're functioning apart is by their hair. So, again, shout out to Christian. Great mentor. Whatever Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus is paying you, double it. Because <laughs> you made you made the most compelling argument for ducking a tag team I've ever heard. You, you, you made it sound like you were being brave. 
But really, you were just knocking a tag team. I get it. And it's smart. That's why you're Christian. That's why you're Captain Charisma. Man, that's why you're a leader, world champion all over the world. That's why. Because you know how to position things. Shout out to you. Yeah, I always liked you more than Edge anyway. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, of course, we'll get a little bit more info on FTR very, very shortly. But before that, we have to talk about Wardlow honoring his stipulations for his soon-to-be match at Double or Nothing. If he follows through all those stipulations for that contract, he has to take the 10 lashes from one MJF with a belt uh, one Cody Rhodes can uh, attest to that. Uh, now we'll, we'll we'll talk real quick before uh, we get into the lashes themselves. Of course, MJF ran down Texas, of course, and saying like, "If you lay a hand on me, the match is not happening at Double or Nothing, and you don't get to sign a contract with AEW." He gets escorted with handcuffs and security, no music as Wardlow chants happen. Um, now, of course, if we go back to that famous segment with MJF lashing Cody Rhodes with a belt. It was hard to watch. It was very physical. It was very nauseating a little bit with how Cody was in so much pain with the Nightmare family surrounding him. Brandy Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, all these people, even the Young Bucks came out for this telling them like, listen man, this is this isn't worth it. And Cody valiantly standing up and taking the lashes despite how brutal they were and they left his back ripped apart and it was it was it was gruesome and of course now we had Wardlow receiving the same shit and he didn't even flinch he gets slashed in the back the first time as MJF is expecting the exact same reaction after he spat in his face hoping Wardlow would punch him not going to happen and he takes the first lash, and MJF is expecting the exact same thing like with Cody. And Wardlow is laughing. He's laughing and smiling, and MJF would do it. And eventually, he takes off his shirt. He's got the black, he's got the black wife beater on, and he goes bam, 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 throwing like three or four consecutive shots. Not happening at a, po- a point. Sean Spears has to hold him back from wasting all the shots. He's screaming, I hate you. I know it hurts. I hate you. And Wardlow is not phased at all. Sean Spears goes, doesn't even flinch at him. His his back is welted up, but this man does not give a fuck. And as they proceed to get towards the last last couple uh, lashes with the whip, MJF, knowing that he cannot hurt MJ he cannot hurt Wardlow with what he's doing and this is not going the way that he wants he calls an audible and he kicks Wardlow right in the no-no zone and then just starts whipping him repeatedly repeatedly they get him up he gets the dynamite diamond ring punches Wardlow in the face Sean Spears uh proceeds to hit him with the c4 and covers Wardlow for the three count as MJF counts it teasing into the fact that Wardlow has to face Sean Spears with MJF as special guest referee in order to make it to double or nothing. He's got to get through that. And right there, he just didn't. And Wardlow was being told by MJF shouting at him, you ain't seeing the pay-per-view boy. And this was an absolutely incredible flipping of a segment that we have already seen. This was a segment that we saw years ago in AEW dynamite with the feud between Cody Rhodes and MJF. And 
this was a situation where it's literally the same. We made the joke about how like MJF has the exact same plan for everybody he faces. All the shit that you got to get through in order to face him. And he literally reuses the 10 lashes, except this time, Wardlow is not Cody Rhodes. And Wardlow is very, very much bigger than Cody Rhodes. And this man did not give a fuck with those belt lashes. And it was only until MJF low-blowed him that we got to the point where MJF was over top of Wardlow, got the upper hand on him because he was skeevy and, like, just an asshole. So it was a great flipping, honestly, of a segment that we've seen already. And like, I, I love this. The fact that like they were able to take something they've already done and then just turn it upside down into something completely different because Wardlow just no sold every single one of them, just no sold every single one of them. And it was great. And they still got the effect that they wanted. It teased up the match for Sean Spears coming up, I believe next week on dynamite. So you know what? I, I enjoyed this. I really enjoyed this. One of my favorite segments on the show and one of the most brilliantly done, well-thought-out segments. Uh, when they did the handcuffs with Warloaf and him walking in, someone seen, uh, showed a scene from Superman where, you know... Uh, you know, I saw Superman that going around, yeah. That yeah, was from, uh, I believe it was from Batman v Superman. Yeah, and, it, you know, and Superman was walking with the handcuffs on because, you know, but he was strong enough to break three, but... He was just letting them have him. Well, this made me think of another movie, a less probably popular movie, Sin City. Um, Nancy, uh, a stripper played by, uh, it might have been the second movie, but I think it was the first, stripper played by Jessica Alba. She gets kidnapped by a yellow dude, and he's like whipping her, and he's like, all I want to do is hear you scream. That's the thing that he needs is to hear her scream, and he won't kill her until he hears her scream. And she, he's beating her and beating her, and he, she just won't make a noise. No matter how much it hurts, she won't, she won't give him the satisfaction of screaming. That makes me think of this. Wardlow, did, did the lashes hurt? Yeah, look at the whelps on his back. They hurt. But was he going to give MJF the satisfaction to hear him scream? He was there. He stood next to MJF when he beat Cody, and he saw how much pleasure and joy that MJF got out of every ounce of pain and every time Cody writhed in pain and needed help from Brandy and needed help from Dustin, man, MJF fed off of that. And then he used that energy to beat Cody at the pay-per-view, right? Well, guess what he wasn't going to do? He wasn't going to let MJF have a satisfaction. Hit me again. Hit me as much as you want. I'm not going to show you the pain. So he gets through the seven lashes, and then Sean Spears. Sean Spears, he's a big old boy. That's a. I think people forget how big he is. No, Sean is big. Yeah, he's a big old dude, right? Whoom, uh, he hits him, right? And then, you know, it's like, ah, you can see him kind of. And then the ninth one, oh, yeah, that finally got him because he kind of hit him in the throat on the ninth one. He didn't, he didn't just give him it all across the back. It was like right in the head. Like when he hit Cody in the front, that was kind of the equivalent of that. And then on the 10th one, you know, you hit any man where you hit him in the 10th one, he's going to go down like a brick. I don't care if you wore it low. I mean, yeah, uh, you might be Superman, but your nut shots are kryptonite. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, and then he went to beat on him more. But he didn't give him the satisfaction in the whips. It showed that Warlow is a monster. Warlow 
is bigger than Cody. Cody's kind of, he's a big man, but he's a normal-sized man. Now, Warlow, he's a monster. I'm like, straight up fight with MJF, he destroys MJF. And that's why MJF's trying to avoid it, because he knows what's going to happen. And he's trying to wear him down in every way possible. And this was another way. And, and Warlow, being the, being the intellect that he is, yes, Yes, uh, he took that he took that joy away from him, which is amazing. Yeah, it was genuinely such a really, really good segment in itself. So we'll move on, though. Immediately after that, we had Owen Hart men's quarterfinal match yet again. This time, Ray Fenix facing off against Kyle O'Reilly. These two also had a really great singles match. These two were just all over the place. Just some really great work between these two. And um, the match ended up finishing out as Ray Phoenix was going to go and walk the top rope and hit a hurricanrana and then tried to go for a cutter. But then Kyle O'Reilly was able to counter, get him into a submission. And Ray Phoenix taps out. And the Canadian himself, Kyle O'Reilly of the Undisputed Elite, advances to the semifinals of the Owen Hart men's tournament. And um, I guess you could view this as a bit of an upset. So I think this was a really cool moment uh, and a really cool match. Um, it's going to be interesting, too, because now uh, with Adam Cole on the other side of the bracket, you keep that tease of do we see Undisputed Elite versus Undisputed Elite in the possible finals of this ma- of this tournament? You keep that tease there. Keep that there. I think that's a really smart move. And I love Phoenix, and I love him so much. And you know what? He's still got Penta Oscuro and Pac with the Death Triangle. So, like, this don't really hurt him too much. And I think it, it helps a lot for Kyle, honestly. I think this really does do a lot for him. Um, so I really like this match, honestly. They did a great job telling the story. Uh, Ray Phoenix just came back from the uh, dislocated elbow. Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly worked on the arm the whole match, eventually getting a tap out with the arm. Nice, consistent storyline. And if you know <coughs> you want to go with continuity, when Samoa Joe was tacked in his match, who was going to be Kyle O'Reilly's the next opponent, what did Jay Lethal and Sodom Singh attack? His left arm. There you go. They Now, Kyle O'Reilly is going into the match with Samoa Joe whenever it happens, looking to attack that arm. Yeah. So it worked out really well for him. And we got a lot more to talk about with that tournament. Before we get to the rest of the tournament stuff, though, we had the face-off between the Jericho Appreciation Society and basically Jericho going one-on-one facing off against William Regal on the mic. And Moxley and Brian Danielson with William Regal also came with Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz. Chris Jericho immediately gets on mic and starts thinking, like, he was looking at all these people that have been thorns at his side, and he thinks, who could have put together this violent attack on us last week? And, of course, it was orchestrated by his old friend, William Regal, and he's like, it's been a while, huh? Quite frankly, I thought you'd be dead by now, and after all this abuse that you put through yourself, it's amazing that you still have a brain that works, sort of. Talking about wasted potential, it could have been one of the greatest of all time, like Chris Jericho. Been, should have been a world-class champion 10 times over, but instead he was a world-class addict. Been fired from every company you've ever worked for, ties that in with Eddie Kingston, and then he wheezes himself into AEW on the coattails of his protégés. 
And then you got Santana Ortiz, too stupid to realize everything in AEW was because of him. Eddie Kingston, too stupid to stay home after he burned his face. And he's like, hey, by the way, if your wife still needs somebody uh, to give her help, you can just have her, have her call me. Brian Danielson, greatest wrestler in the world today, but he's just a squeaky clean nerd. And listen, you stick with Regal and you'll have to join the program with John Moxley. Royal flush of losers. Regal advices to stay home. And if you don't, I'm going to throw a fireball on your face because I'm a wizard. I'm a wizard. Uh, <laughs> Regal then gets on the mic and says, listen, Chris, since 1997, when I first met you, I had to listen to you whine. So please be quiet. And you may have been right and had a few truths about his past and uh, proceeded to just go over and over and over again about all these things. And then just basically it all wound up about him having a toothbrush and he shoved it up his ass and then he was gave it to Chris Jericho. So uh, uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that. I love Regal, but this was a hmm. So basically another kind of like I did a thing and now you don't know where your mouth has been with that uh punchline chris jericho was like listen you guys already w- obviously want to fight double or nothing you want to fight so we're going to challenge you to the third ever stadium stampede moxley goes not doing that shit and he said this situation calls for you to get your ass kicked live in living color in front of an arena of screaming fans u5 against us five gang warfare it's going to be pro wrestling versus sports entertainment it's going to be the sport we love versus a bunch of stupid bullshit and um that Eddie Kingston was like, fuck all this. I want to fight right now, so get in the ring. And Jericho and them walk up, and they're like, nah. And then they leave, and um, they pointed out about how Eddie Kingston and Brian Danielson, they don't even like each other. We're, we're a loyal machine of a team. You guys don't even have each other on the same page. And Eddie Kingston and Danielson at one point get into a shoving match, and then that's when the segment ended. And we will point out, too, that it has been going around Twitter on uh, multiple videos Brian Danielson, because this was another show where they had the elevated ramp up for the uh, stage. Brian Danielson at one point got his leg stuck in between the ring and the ramp itself. Um, he was in; a, it looked like he was in a decent amount of pain, and they it took a little bit, like a few minutes, to get him uh, uh, un, unhooked from the ramp. Uh, but he was able to get out, and he was able to walk out on his own power. There were people that were concerned about him being possibly injured. We have not been confirmed on in any possible injury, and in fact, he is supposed to be on Rampage this week, so we are still in the clear for him wrestling. Um, but also at the same time, too, um, I know Wrestling Observer uh, said like people close to him, they like a lot of them laughed it off, and like he isn't in any serious injury situation, which is a very good thing. But it was a scary thing, and I think we can all agree on the fact that like. The elevated ring, the elevated ramp towards the ring, it causes more harm than good. And it honestly, I don't think it looks good. Like because lest we forget, when Cody dove out of the ring and proceeded to crack his fucking skull open, um, it does more harm than good. Honestly, there's no need to have it. So like, it's just at this point where it's just like, let's just stop using it. There's no need. There's I, really no need. I gotta hardcore disagree on this. I love the elevated ramp. I love the presentation. Makes me think of the Clash of Champions when I was younger. Uh, there's just obviously was a mistake made. There's a safer way to do it. Hopefully they look into how it was done and get it fixed. But I've always been an elevated ramp guy. I don't know why. I just think it looks really, really cool. So, hey, you know, different right. minds about different things. But, yes, I think everything should be done safely. So, you know, get that gap fixed to get to everything close. Uh I haven't seen a lot of things, you know, like bad reasons on the ramp. I mean, Cody, you know, did something 
that was Cody full and landed on his head. You know, that's just what he does. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I love the elevated ramp. I've always been a fan of it. I mean, if it goes away, it goes away. And if the reason it goes away is for the safety of wrestlers, you will never hear me complain about it because that's that should come first. If yeah. if it's more harm than good, if it's like literally there's no way to do it safely, get rid of it. I'm 100% now, yeah, behind that. Moving back to the promo itself, too. Are you with me with the whole, like, him, William Regal going on about, like, like the whole promo? Because, like, he was very softly spoken. and He wasn't getting very loud, which I know Regal can get loud when he wants to for promos. He's very softly spoken. And, he, like, I, like we were – we talked about, too, before how great that video package was of the Blackpool Combat Club with Regal cutting that promo. And then we have him paired up with Chris Jericho, and he's talking about shoving a toothbrush up his butt. And, like, I will say, the line about – I forgot to mention this, too. The line of Chris Jericho saying, you better watch yourself or I'll piss in your tea again, I appreciate that. That's a nice little, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge line. That's good. That's at least acknowledging WWE past without, like, constantly shitting on them, which there was that, of course, in this. Um, because why wouldn't it be? It's literally being paired up as sports entertainment versus pro wrestling. Yeah. But at the same time, though – I don't really know why Regal's promo amounted to him being like, I, sho- I shoved a, uh, I shoved a toothbrush up my butt, and you brushed your teeth with it. So that was him uh, getting back for him for pissing. Fair, you know? I guess, but like I don't know, it caught me off guard a little bit, and I was just like, I don't know if he yeah, really needed to go down that route. Regal's kind of supposed to be above all of that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah he is Lord Regal. So I don't know. I, you know, I think the intense, the barbs and stuff, <coughs> he could leave to Moxley and Danielson. But like I said, I, you know, William Regal's, yeah, there was really nothing memorable about his promo for me. Like you, you saying that, I'm like, oh, he did say that. I didn't even remember it. I just, I thought it was just, you know, Jericho kind of held the segment until Kingston and Mox did their thing. And, you know, that's fine. I like I said, I was excited for the five on five. I love that two point is in an elevated position, especially in a sports entertainment versus professional wrestling. I've said on this show many times, many times that I don't know how WWE didn't know how to work with those guys. They are two of the most entertaining individuals that I've ever seen. It's like they can shit. I've seen them just like literally not say nothing for ten minutes, and I laugh the whole time and be like. Okay, they didn't say anything. So they actually have some meat. They got Jericho backing them up. Daniel Garcia, one of the best up-and-coming wrestlers out there. It's like you got to limit. And Jake Hager, I mean, this is Jake Hager's type of match. He ain't got to rep. He's just going to fight. He's just a big man out there knocking people around. And then if you look in the history of AEW, if you talk about the MVP of the plunder match, you cannot look any further than Santana and Ortiz. From the street fight with the best friends, blood and guts, uh, stadium stampedes, they've been in all of them. And they kill it every time. Every time there's a spot from from them. Seeing Brian Danielson in this type of match is going to be interesting. You know, I know he's from the WWE world, but I just don't remember him being in this type of match. Somebody can actually absolutely correct me if I'm wrong. And then Mox, probably just, yeah, violence. Violence, I mean, GCW, Texas death matches, you know, in Japan and America. This is what he does. If he doesn't get the pin, I don't know who should. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a good fight. And I'm really looking forward to being there for it. 
If I don't get bled on, I promise you, I'm going to be a little disappointed. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's that's absolutely a fair thing to say. Uh, we moved over now to the women's Owen Hart Foundation quarterfinal matchup that we had. Of course, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, was going up against whoever was the Joker for the women's tournament. And, ladies and gentlemen, I called it. I was right. It's Makito! Let's, let's go! Yes. So happy. I'm so happy, mostly because A, I love her, and B, I know how many neckbeards hate her, hate her, and I love seeing them upset. Yes, and you know, I love, I like seeing Britt in a bit of a comedy match. I mean, this was a bit of a comedy match with the middle fingers and everything. It was a great Oh, and person. her crying, like, eh! Yes, this was a great person to put up against Britt, because losing doesn't hurt Makiito. That's not her thing. She is. She's not the person that wins all the time. She's entertaining as hell. She came out singing, and it was awesome. And it's like you know, it's not really awesome, but it's just the whole presentation. I love her presentation. Uh, that was a great use of Maki Ito with Britt Baker. So yeah, I thought this whole match was just great. Now, was it a technical classic that I would actually no. give a star rating? No, but it was. Fun and sometimes, hey, that's I mean, honestly, a lot of times that is perfectly okay for me. Maki Ito is one of those characters that's just like ridiculous. Like, I love, I love how, like, again, she's like one of these characters that, like, it's like by itself, Maki Ito's character of like, oh, she used to be in a girl Japanese pop group, but now she's a wrestler. That by itself is like, okay, there's something there. But also she, like, drops F-bombs and flips you off and is just, like, a bratty bitch. Like, that's another element to it that I love. Like, I love that factoid of it. And the fact that, like, she calls everybody that supports her her simps. Like, that's – I love that. It's amazing. And the people hating on Maki Ito – I will be referring to you as neckbeards, and you can stay mad about that. I I love seeing her back again. Like a, this is another situation where it's like the Joker was going to lose to Britt. Britt was not losing in the quarterfinals of this tournament. It's not happening. Shit, they so, had her opponent set up with Tony Storm. I mean, they, so like they, literally these two that have been butting heads for this entire buildup of this tournament. You think it's gonna be whoever the hell this Joker is gonna face Tony Storm? No, it was going to be Britt Baker. And at this point, too, it's not like Maki Ito came in and was fucking, like, supermaning Britt Baker. She showed up. She had her amazing moments. She had, like, the best use of the corner camera I've ever seen where she's getting slammed into the fucking corner turnbuckle. And she just fucking, like, full-on, like, like, Super Saiyan screams at the top of her lungs. It's so funny. Um, And she got her little moments of, like, really fighting against Britt and giving it her all. She got put in the lockjaw. She tapped out. It didn't last super long. Like, it was fun. And pro wrestling is supposed to be fun. And it was just a really fun moment. And Britt was the right person to win. So I don't see what there's to be mad about. Man, I, all I'm hoping is that if if they do, when they do the fan fest, if they, you know, they can keep Maki Ito around so I can get a picture of her giving me I will, like, pay extra. I will have, yeah. I will, like, pay extra for me to, like, lay flat back on my stomach and her to fucking step on me while flipping me off. Yes. Like, that would be, like, the funniest fucking picture ever. Like, I'll pay extra for that because it's so stupid and funny that I want it to happen. Simping ain't, simping ain't easy, man. Simping it ain't, ain't bro. I, 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 I will say that firmly, firmly. <laughs> but now we'll move on quickly. Uh, this next segment, I know um, 
was uh, one that Floyd had had thoughts on as well, and I do as well. Um, of course, this was the buildup towards uh, Serena Deem and Thun- Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's Championship. One match that I am heavily looking forward to. I am so excited to see that match live for the Women's Championship. Uh, I love both of these two. Um, now, Tony Schiavone was in the ring talking about Double or Nothing and talking about all the things AEW, and then she was interrupted by Serena Deeb and like just being like, I'm sick of hearing you talk. And I heard what you said last week. You said I couldn't beat Thunder Rosa at Double or Nothing. He said, congratulations, after all the years in the business, in one short interview, you've made yourself a complete idiot. And he t- she was like, oh, speaking of other idiots, uh, there was another person who had something to say last week about me, and it was Dustin Rhodes. She invites her him out. He comes out. And he was like, "Listen, you're all oh, you're you're as much of an idiot as Shivani. I respected you, but you're being like, oh, you're Thunder Rosa's coach.' And it's like, but you want to say all these things about me? It's like you know what I've been through, my trials and tribulations, shaving my head just to be like considered a uh, considered like noticeable, and doing all the things that I did to make people like pay, like actually like take me seriously. You say I can't beat Thunder Rosa, and uh, like." You you said you couldn't beat that, and he's like, you don't have the balls to answer me right now. And when I beat hit, beat Thunder Rosa and become AEW Women's Champion, you will respect me. Serena Deeb then slapped Thunder Dustin Rhodes as uh, Thunder Rosa was coming down to the ring, and that's when uh, Serena Deeb was blindsided after. Like it was just a really weird, co- like the in ring stuff of how Serena Deeb was able to get the the jump on. Uh, like uh, Dustin was trying to hold uh, Thunder Rosa back. She kind of elbows him in the back of the head, and then that's when Deep proceeds to take the championship, blindsides her, and then leaves with it. It wasn't a great segment. It just wasn't. And I love Serena Deep, and I love Thunder Rosa. This was not Deep's good. This was not a good Deep promo. It just wasn't, honestly. Like, I don't know why this feud couldn't have been built up by like a legitimately like in-depth video package or something like that. Um the in-ring promo didn't need to happen, honestly, and it was just awkward. Like, the fact that, like, when Thunder Rosa was already walking down to the ring and then she slaps Dustin while people are popping for Thunder Rosa, like, the slap, no one even, like, you probably didn't even remember the slap because it happened so quickly because, like, Thunder Rosa was coming out, they were popping for her, and then Dustin gets slapped. It was just awkward, and then, like, the whole thing that happened in the ring afterwards with her being held back and then elbowing Dustin and then getting hit with a championship and then Thunder loses the championship because Deeb steals it. It's just, eh, it wasn't good. It just really wasn't that good, and I don't know why we couldn't have just done, like, a really in-depth video package of both of these two because these two have done so much in pro wrestling over the years. These are two veterans of the game, two of the best women's wrestlers out there right now. And this was just this was just awkward and like just not well done. I will say this because we are the proclivity for that old positivity. I just feel like TK, old TK, and the people that produce the women's segments have to do a better job of putting the women or just any wrestlers in positions to hide their weaknesses and you know, focus on their strengths. I think these are two women that are brilliant at telling physical stories. They tell their stories in the ring. They they hit hard. That is uh, that is what they do. Uh, so that's what you have to make it about is the wrestling. I probably would have just had 
Serena Deeb attacked Thunder in the ring at some point and put her through a table and blah, blah, blah. And then Thunder cuts fiery promos because Thunder is really good at fiery promos. And then you build the excitement for the match. But this is like, I am a person that doesn't do this for a living. I don't have the pressure of putting on nine segments or whatever for every show. This is just me watching and making an observation. I'm in no way saying I can do this. I'm just saying these two people, their skills, and I know Serena needed to tell her story, maybe do a pre-produced sit-down with Tony Khan, I mean, uh, with uh, Tony Schiavone in the back. where she Or Jim Ross. Or Jim Ross, where she says everything she said, but she says it in that kind of production where you can kind of look over it, make sure the emotion's coming through, do different uh do different takes and then okay this is where you go and tell your story that way i think she would thrive better in that situation than not but i mean to that point the only way you learn to do these things is if you kind of get out there and be allowed to fight on your fight on your face so there's people that from that line of thinking i don't know it's just i'm looking at this match i'm looking at double or nothing and it literally has no heat it's just hmm. like it is a match that's gonna happen, but am I excited for the match? No, and that's weird because if you heard any of these shows, I love Serena Deeb and I love Thunder Rosa, but I have no excitement for this match. So it's not it it's not necessarily what they're doing. It's maybe how it's presented. Yeah. No, and again, like these two, like they have, they already have history and they already have like so much experience in being in wrestling that, like I said, if there was like a pre produced interview segment or like video package or something that really just tapped into the history of these two, there would be so much more like riding on this. Like, I, I'm excited about it because I know what these two have done over the years. But, like, in terms of, like, in AEW, like, what's been presented on TV hasn't really gotten me, like, hasn't elevated the excitement that I have from the match. Like, I have the excitement just when the match was announced by itself. Like, that's 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 all I needed. But, like, for other people, like, this needed more. And these two segments that they had where they were standing at the ramp and talking and cutting promos at each other. And then this segment that just happened this week, they didn't accomplish it the way that it needed it. And there, there could have been a different way that this was, this could have been done, and it just wasn't in a, it wasn't a situation like Floyd said, it didn't hide their weaknesses and like highlight their their strengths. Um, I'm still crazy excited for this match. I think it's going to be outstanding. It has a really good chance of like really stealing the show, but unfortunately, like I said, like this this segment just didn't do it. It was it was it was quite disappointing. Um, hopefully, we get something possibly better in this case uh, to kind of build a little bit of hype i know we're cutting it close on time for double or nothing hopefully we have something to get this um excitement going for this match but we'll finish things off with the main event of this week's aew dynamite another owen hart foundation men's tournament quarterfinal match adam cole baby versus jeff hardy who jeff got blindsided by adam cole before the match even started and they get in the ring they're trading shots Jeff Hardy had some really good high-flying moments. Adam Cole was doing great work of just really giving it to Jeff. And eventually, though, while Hangman, uh, while Hardy was going for the Swanton Bomb, Adam Cole was able to get out of the way. 
He had already lowered the the knee pad and hit the boom, got the knee strike, got the pin. Adam Cole advances, stops Jeff Hardy, and Matt and Jeff Hardy are proceeding to get up and like confronting Cole. Um, and um, after after that happened, the Young Bucks come in, look like they're gonna super kick him, and um, they the Hardys turn around and see him coming. That's when Adam Cole comes and blindsides them. They hit the BTE trigger, and then Sting and Darby Allen come out, evening up the odds, but that's when Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Frisch, Fish come down, and eventually the Young Bucks hit a, his super kicks on Sting. The Undisputed Elite gang up on Sting, and they put his leg in between a steel chair, and they smash it. And that is how AEW Dynamite closed out for this week. Yes, that's going to be an exciting match. <laughs> it wonders... It makes me wonder what we're going to get at Double or Nothing versus what we're going to get at the Forum on June 1st because you know the Young Bucks. Uh, they wanted to be in the Forum since the beginning. They want a big match there. So I'm wondering if maybe we get uh, four on four. Maybe if Kyle O'Reilly loses Samoa Joe, then we get, uh, then we get uh, Red Dragon and the <clears throat> Young Bucks versus the Hardys, Darby Allen and Sting at double or nothing. And then you get the Hardys versus the uh, Hardys versus uh the Young Bucks at the Staples Center. Cause that seems like a like a staple I mean not staple center. I'll, I'll keep saying that. Crypto.com is what you're thinking of, but, but it's the, it's for- the forum. Yeah. Hardys and Young Bucks at the forum. Seems to be that would be a great main event for June first <clears throat> last match in Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be something that you could really build towards. And like like we said, like having AEW's first ever show in California, like this would be something that would mean a lot to the Young Bucks. So it makes sense why they would want to do something that big. So we'll see what comes of Double or Nothing, but then we'll also see what comes to the forum show that's happening after Double or Nothing. Yeah. But <clears throat> I think that will do it for the Dynamite review course we have AEW rampage by the time you guys are hearing this it will be airing tonight so of the matches that are happening tonight we have chris statlander facing off against red velvet in a owen hart foundation quarterfinal match of course chris was replacing uh hikaru shida who is unable to compete because of circumstances um we're going to see sean spears in action against a giant the house of black will be in six-man match action between evil uno 10 and fuego del sol we're going to see a tag team match between John Moxley and Brian Danielson of the of the Blackpool Combat Club facing Matt Seidel and Dante Martin, and then we're going to have uh, Scorpio Sky demanding uh, the return of the TNT Championship. Something has to happen with that thing, man. I'm begging you, please. Like, if Miro debuts, comes back on Rampage and just immediately is like, "I want it back," like that would save the day. Shout but like, out, shout out to Miro. He's good. He was in. Uh, uh, he he was in a new show on CBS called East New York. Ah. It looks like he's he he was in the preview for it, and it looks like he kind of plays a criminal criminal, and it looks like he's gonna maybe have a bigger role in the series than just being like the first episode criminal. Look at Miro out here becoming an actor like many other pro wrestlers. Very cool, but man, we miss him on Dynamite. We miss him so so much. The TNT, the TNT title misses him. 
Oh my God! Yes, his 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 championship gold baby. He is yeah. screaming out for him at this point. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see some some sort of form of oh. development with the TNT Championship Come because it, it needs it. This. Yes, this redeem time. it. Redeem the TNT title. It needs to be redeemed. And of course we're going to have an interaction between Danhausen and Hook, otherwise known as Hookhausen. Um, shout out, of course, to them uh, rectifying that first T-shirt they put out. That first T-shirt with their faces on it was pretty rough. Second one significantly better. The one with just Hookhausen written on it, significantly better. Significantly better. And yeah, uh, I plan on getting one of them. I don't know which one I'm going to get. I would say the sec. I would say the Hookhausen yes. one. The, yes. Just the t- just just the words. You don't need their faces. Like the faces were drawn really weird. It was like like almost how you get like those caricatures that you get at like the fair. That's how it was drawn. Yes. Yeah. But then, of course, now we'll get into the preview for next week's Dynamite for stuff that we have. Of course, we have Wardlow versus Sean Spears in a steel cage with uh, MJF as the special guest referee. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Samoa Joe uh, in a semifinal matchup. Britt Baker versus Tony Storm also in a semifinal matchup. And then Ruby Riot will be facing the winner of Red Velvet and Chris Statlander from AEW Rampage in the semifinals of the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. A lot of those matches getting announced, we're getting right up to the point where we're going to get the final set up. So they're just getting those done right now because we're, we're coming up on double or nothing very, very quickly. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I actually know who the giant is, and it's going to be a pleasant surprise to everybody. Uh, most of you have seen him before. Not going to give it away. Uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, Dynamite next week. Oh, my God. Um, Samoa Joe and Kyle Riley. really looking forward to that match. Um, yeah, I'm just like, we got a very exciting week. You're, uh, uh, we're going to be in Vegas, for yes. it, but we're not going to be watching the show, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. So, now during Dynamite, I'm gonna be seeing Silk Sonic. He's gonna be seeing Silk Sonic. I will literally like during the time Dynamite is playing. I might be out of Oklahoma City because my wife gets off at like four, and so we're gonna be in the car leaving like five o'clock. So Dynamite comes on at seven o'clock my time. So. Honestly, I might make her drive first and watch Dynamite on my phone as we're rolling down the street. That'll be- I won't even be able to check my phone because Silk Sonic's show uh, will be holding our phones hostage. We will not be able to use our phones during the show. Uh, <clears throat> they're going to have like those like technological bags that like keep your phone locked up during the show unless it's for like a legitimate emergency. Dude, so I, I will not be able to keep up with Dynamite while it is happening. I went to, I went to see Ed, Eddie Griffin in uh, at a comedy show and. He did something like that, made you turn off his phone, and the first three jokes, I completely understand why he did. He, he would have <laughs> definitely been canceled. Yeah, <laughs> no, there you like, go. Like, no, like, when I say, like, definitely been canceled if anybody recorded that and put it online. <laughs> so it was like, this is the greatest comedy show ever, because I'm pretty, I pretty much have, you know, that kind of sense of humor. So it was really, really but you will be. You might be seeing uh, Gabriel Iglesias possibly when Thursday in Vegas. night. Uh, Thursday night we get. So we'll get in Phoenix the morning, and we're gonna have lunch with a friend of Crystal's, and then we're gonna drive to Vegas. So if we can get there, time get checked in, get a nap. I'll probably just go by like one of the upper level seats to his show because I just think Fluffy's really funny. 
Fluffy's hysterical, and I he's like the most in terms of famous people that famous people that follow me on Twitter. He is the most famous person that follows me on Twitter. Second behind Ian Riccoboni and Jack the Jobber. We were talking about that before the show. All I got is Thunder Rosa. Thunder. Yeah, which yeah, that's more than I got. That's more than I got. You know, I love I love the Thunder. Uh, when I see her again, see if she remembers me. I know yeah, it's cause, always funny because she doesn't. <laughs> yes. No, but, but yeah. But yeah, that is all of our AEW uh, uh, review and, and previews. But I know we have maybe one or two other headlines to get into before we close things out. Yes. Um, what was I going to hit on? Oh, yes. Uh, I was going to ask your thoughts on the Boston Glow Connection walking out. on Yes. The yes. It, it's been so huge. We can't not talk about it, even yeah. though we are an AEW podcast. No, the massive, no. No, the uh, massive breaking news. No, no. You it, it, see, when people say, well, you're an AEW podcast, it plays in. The oh, reason, sure. The reason they can walk out is WWE. Well, and the reason also why yeah. reportedly they're not going to be fired. Yeah, because WWE knows. Sasha, I truly believe if Sasha Banks gets released by WWE in 91 days, she will be the AEW Women's Champion. It would, I mean, again, like, it's seriously. It's like day one. I mean, uh, Trinity, a.k.a. Uh, Trinity, Naomi. A.k.a. Naomi. Because I'm trying to use her other name because that's what she'll probably be going to. Yeah, Trinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if she goes by. I always said I like her real name as a wrestling name way more than I like the name they made up for her. You know what I mean? So, Tri- yeah, Trinity yeah. Fatu. Yeah, that's that's a wrestling name. <laughs> so, like, it is a wrestling what, name. What, what else you got to do? That's a wrestling name. So, uh, yeah, she would be right there in the picture 91 days after you got there. And because that's the case... Ain't, there's, there's nothing you can do. It's like you can suspend them, you can bury them, you can all that stuff, but you can't release them. You can't try to make. You can try to do whatever you can to make a a name for them, but you know, Sasha Banks. It's just a weird situation. Yeah, she's the biggest name in WWE. Uh, Naomi sits at sits at the table with the head. You know, that's family. That's literally family. So, are you gonna piss Roman Reigns off? I don't know. Does Roman Reigns care? I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's such a fucking landmine. Them t- those two women left because those two women could leave. I, yeah. I, I respect Dewdrop. I, again, Nikki, it's, a, it's another I, situation where they've become such big, especially Sasha, yeah. such big stars that, like, listen, yeah, and you've released, they need them more than, they, than you need them. And you've released so much of the other talent. It's like Dewdrop and, and, and Nikki... Uh, Nikki Ash, they do this. They're released on Wednesday. No, I had no doubt in my mind. Those two women actually have the power to do what they did and not face a lot of punishment for it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That hey, that the the forbidden door is wide open for either one of them. I have <laughs> they come on through, come on through. I always said there is not that there was no women's Chris Jericho. I said that. I was like. There is no women's Chris Jericho that you can build off and completely put a shot in your division's arm. Sasha Banks, Mercedes would be a women's Chris Jericho. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's steroids into the arm of the women's division. Yeah, I mean, literally. But, yeah, just a fucking crazy a situation. Yeah, no, I, I just – crazy situation. Apparently, they made themselves known that they weren't happy with the direction it was going. And it, like, on one way, I see it. I'm like, sure. Well, like, the storylines, the stories online are 
I did, and they've come from enough places. I can pretty much say this is the story. They were told that they just won the tag team belts, and I, uh, they were told that the tag team belts were going to really matter. And in their first, like, well, second pay-per-view afterwards, it looked like they both were going to be in individual matches against the champions of each brand and lose. Mm-hmm. So, Just to use to elevate the, the the actual women's champions, not the tag champions. Yes, but what does that do to the tag team champions? Continues oh, to make shit. them your worst championships that you have on their roster. So basically, you're saying the titles mean nothing. And to further their point, they literally left the titles when they left. they like, these don't mean anything. These are decorations. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. like, it's like, if you've released yourself into a corner where you can't find us tag team challengers, that's not on us. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, so. And again, this is not the first time that they've labeled uh, Sasha Banks as hard to work for or like all the things that have been coming out about her. Um, so, and again, with everything that we're, with everything else that's been coming out, it seems like, listen, like. They've made valid points. It's like, oh my god, they have thoughts of their own. It's, Fucking it's the, run for the hills. It's the same argument FTR had. It's the you same can, argument that Tony Storm had. You can put the tag team belts on us, but it until you make the tag team belts mean something, until we're in a meaningful feud, until they're booked meaningful, it doesn't mean anything to be the tag team champions. And yeah. that's basically what these two are saying. If I'm venturing a guess but yeah i i wish them the best you know i'm always gonna i'm always gonna stand with the talent you know do do you do what you can do you know yeah you know these companies at the end of the day are companies but yeah. like the talent yeah. always it's, it's the same thing with uh big swole we we stood with big swole with when she had issues with it and like again it's 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 her issues and like we stand with the talent it's just how it goes yeah so i'm always gonna have their back but uh I'm looking through that door waiting for Mercedes to come through. I'm just I'm just like, hey, Vince, Vince, show your power. Release them. Get angry. Release yeah. them. Do it. Look, you got you got you got Nick Khan already moving up the Mortal Kombat ladder of like passing Stephanie McMahon now that she's stepped back. Like, y'all wanna cut fucking like big contracts? Sasha's a big contract. Like, yeah. cut that contract if you want. You want to save some money, I, I cut th- that contract. I think Tony, I think TK fixed that contract right on up. No, but, uh, yeah, so we'll see how that goes, uh, that goes going forward. Uh, I thought I had something else, but I can't remember what Honestly, it was. it's just Honestly, it's just continuing to build the dollar or nothing because yeah. we're, just, we're just eking to the point where we get into Vegas. Like, Dude. we just won't be in Vegas. Dude, uh, so I only work. Monday and Tuesday next week, and they were are probably going to be the two longest days of my existence. But that's how it always is when you get to vacation. When you're time for vacation, you always wish you took one more day off. Of course. Yeah. But that's regardless, it. I think – oh, did you have anything else you uh, want to uh, say real no, quick? No, I was saying that's it for me. All right. Well, then that will do it for this episode of All Things Elite. Guys – Thank you so, so much for sticking with us and listening to the podcast and supporting us. We really do appreciate it. And you can keep supporting us by downloading the show on Google or Apple Podcasts or sharing us all around with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. If you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platform, wherever you get your podcasts, thanks for listening. And you can leave a rating and a review. If you're so inclined, you can leave a donation through Red Circle. On Twitter, we are at AT Elite Pod. 
at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their, their network, including uh, Keeping It Strong Style if you want to keep get, getting yourselves prepared for AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling, The Forbidden Door. That is the best possible podcast you can listen to for all your New Japan Pro Wrestling information. So if you are not familiar with much New Japan and you're getting excited for Forbidden Door, but you want to know what to expect, those guys can help you out. Every single chance they can, they will help you out with that. I am at Austin Sumwitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And with all of that out of the way, before we get ourselves into Vegas, we will give ourselves off to Floyd so he can take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. We are at the countdown to Double or Nothing. Uh, and I will remind you all to keep supporting all the wrestling as much as you much as you want or can stand make sure you're checking out if you have ninja pw world make sure you're checking out our boy mr willie yuda in uh in the best of the super juniors because he's killing it over there the only i've only seen his first match he didn't win but it was a really really good match um uh i'm looking forward to what's gonna happen going forward as we get through the weeks but yeah i will give a full recap right now recap of all his matches and all his uh all all his uh results next week so that'll give everyone time to catch up make sure you go keeping it strong style like i said check it check them out but be nice to each other i say it every i'll say it all the time it's just it's not that serious i see the meanest comments ever in the world over over wrestling takes and it's just like I know. Just be nice to each other. If you want to be, tw- you want Twitter to be better. Make it better. That's all I can say about that. And I leave you with a, a how I always leave you. Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.